Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today. With J.P. McNamara on C103. And good morning. Our lines are open. 1850-333-103. Bernie takes your comments this morning. You can always text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 or you can tweet this morning at C103Cork. And ahead on this morning's show, we're going to hear for a call for a civic amenity site in the Fermoy and Mitchellstown areas. Now, you would think for a size of both that particular towns and that particular area of Cork that there would be an amenity site. But no, there isn't. And every time we get calls about rubbish on the road and people on about rubbish being disposed in places that it should not be disposed. We keep getting calls going back to civic community sites and how maybe their hours should be expanded or extended and indeed how come certain areas of Cork do not have civic community sites. So we're going to hear why indeed those areas of North Cork do not have one and uh, when the setting up of civic community sites took place a number of years ago, uh, how was it let out? How do you decide which area gets one and which area doesn't get one? Because at the moment, locals are telling us they are travelling as far as Tipperary or Waterford to avail of these particular sites. Others are coming to Mallow. Uh, or the areas of East Cork just to avail of these particular facilities and of course the big question is if we had more of these would it decrease dumping on our roadsides anyhow discussing that this morning on the show we're also going to hear about a campaign that started a few years ago and this was to get the Cork McSherry area and the Seven Heads area of West Cork on the Wild Atlantic Way uh, now for some of their proposal has been accepted with Cork McSherry due to be included on the Wild Atlantic Way we're going to hear and speak to one of the campaign this morning on that uh, they've been uh, campaigning for three or four years at this stage uh, to get the entire region there on the actual Wild Atlantic Way map but at least now they're getting in the right direction or going in the right direction with Cork McSherry being added on we'll uh, speak with Barry Holland one of the campaigners later in the show and we received a lot of calls and emails over the weekend from people who have applied for their carers allowance but not heard anything back and this is going on for a number of months whereby people are applying they're inquiring about the particular process and they're being told well you're we have received your forms but we are still processing them and we will get to them and we'll come back to you if we need further information or indeed if we feel uh, that we uh, that there's a problem and we need to contact you but the majority of people contacting us over the weekends haven't heard anything and it's been three or four months since they actually sent in an application 
it has been received uh, but they just aren't hearing anything back with regards to their application for carers allowance and of course a lot of people have gone part time in their jobs or have left their workforce and find themselves in a situation whereby they are down money and now they are down because the shortfall that would have come from the carers allowance they are not getting that uh, so we'll hear that this morning and the delays that are out there and if you are one of those facing delays let us know you can text or WhatsApp 86 2103 103 and last year we heard about a positive living group for men living in the Middleton area and uh, that was set up in a way of getting men to talk and basically enter into a room, discuss what is on their mind, discuss their feelings and basically to open up. And it was the uh, brainchild of East Cork psychotherapist Tom Conlon who came up with this. And since he spoke with us last year, he basically has got a lot of calls and interest from other areas of Cork and also his approach towns if they would like to set up something like this in the Cork area. And we're going to hear about a new positive living group for men to be set up in Bandons. We'll speak to Tom later in the show about that. Also our own Joe Heffernan, our regular counsellor on the show, he'll join us after midday discussing irrational thoughts. We'll speak to Joe on that after midday. And I'd like to get your thoughts on this because out on news this morning you would have heard Barry there, the new IRA says that it was behind the murder of journalist Lyra McKee. Uh, this of course the 29 year old journalist was shot dead during riots in Derry last Thursday but a lot of criticism over the weekend and this is to do with the marches that were in and around the Barrack Street Bandon Road area here in Cork also a similar march was held in Dublin over the weekend and the Republican group Sarah they have been out marching and they basically have been condemned because of the fact that they have been marching a few days after what has happened in Derry now uh, they said that they have put a lot, a lot of the Tulti Echo over the weekend they put a lot of work into this particular march and they couldn't cancel it at the last minute uh, but still these particular marches your views on this are welcome because already we have texts and uh, this morning when I mentioned this earlier with Simon uh, regarding these particular marches are you in favour of these or do these particular type of groups still have a place in Irish society we've come so far now about North and South following the Good Friday Agreement and people want peace on this island so uh, with this particular group on uh, the Barrack Street Bandon Road area over the weekend they were marching up uh, they, they say they were making and marking the anniversary of the Easter Rising but they were marching uh, with the various Irish flags over the years. So the old Irish flag and our current tricolour and the a small group of people walking up the uh, Barrack Street area uh, symbolising this and saying they are marking that particular anniversary of the Easter Rising. But considering what has happened over the last few days, uh, do we still need groups like this operating in this country, Republican groups, considering how far we have come over the last number of years in parts of the country, especially in the border counties? There is a fear with Brexit going on and everything else we've seen over the last while. Uh, people don't want trouble in the North. They don't want want that peace we have at the moment uh, to fall apart again and are these groups only adding to that particular fear so your views are welcome on that on these particular groups uh, is it a, a thing that it's not illegal seemingly you can organise a protest or a march if it's under I think 5,000 people and gathering in a public area 
there's nothing illegal in what they did but is there an actual need for this in our society nowadays your thoughts are welcome on that as well you can call Bernie 1850 333103 or indeed text or whatsapp 086 and also discussing shortly it's front page of the Irish Examiner this morning on English writing and this is about the Taoiseach and he has said that one thing uh, that he will not do anyhow is turn the sod on anything that has no guarantee to happen of course this is going back to the event centre in Cork which again another delay was supposed to be an update wasn't there around now again no update and the delays continue uh, but as his former Taoiseach in the Kinney did turn the sod and he says he won't turn the sod on anything if there is no guarantee that it will happen and he was speaking over the weekend on that and we'll hear he also spoke to our uh, senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran so we'll hear from uh, Leo Varecker on that particular uh, situation on turning the sod and I mean are all these things done when you see politicians out turning sods on certain developments are they all done and around an election time a lot of elections over the next month or so hitting us here in Cork with the European and the local elections so is it a case that that particular sod was turned on the event centre, as many said at the time, just for an election ploy? And again, how many years on are we waiting for anything to happen on that particular site? Your calls and comments are welcome on that as well. Bernie takes your comments, 1850-333-103. Or indeed, you can text the WhatsApp, 86 Tweet us this morning at C103 Cork. Cork today with you until one. Our lines are open, 1850-333-103. And Mary raising the issue of driving on WhatsApp this morning. Uh, maybe you've seen various driving conditions over the weekend as regarding drivers themselves behind the wheel, not the condition of the roads. Mary's saying, I was driving over the weekend and it was just horrendous, frightening in fact. I was, and I witnessed people overtaking on bins, people on phones, basically driving on the wrong side of the road because they were too busy looking down and concentrating on what was on the phone rather than what was on the road in front of them. I did see guards in various areas, but I feel these people driving uh, incorrectly and bad on our roads are never caught. I'm really surprised there's not more people killed on our roads here in Cork, says Mary on WhatsApp. Did you witness that across the weekend? Uh, Bad driving, uh, people on their phones basically looking down instead of looking on the road. And because they're so obsessed with what's on their phone, uh, they're swerving over to the other side of the road. And then people getting frustrated, I presume, behind drivers who they feel aren't going fast enough and they're then deciding to overtake them but overtake them on bins in the road and Mary just telling us what she witnessed over the weekend frightening is what she says uh, while she was driving across the weekend Mary on WhatsApp to 86 well on that uh, and on people learning how to drive over 120,000 learner drivers who got their first permit between 1984 and 2016 they have never sat their driving test yeah the current laws allow learner permit holders to apply for one new licence once they've booked their driving test but they're not actually obliged to sit the actual driving test the figures were obtained by the Irish Times following a Freedom of Information request and the Road Safety Authority, a spokesperson for them has come out and told the paper that up to 500 people a week book a test but fail to turn up for it. So uh, with all the talk about driving and driving tests, it seems that we have a large population out there who are still on a learning licence and when it comes to they're getting around loopholes basically in the system uh, they're avoiding uh, doing the driving test but once 
you book uh, the actual driving tests and if you don't tra- show up well still you can still get the license seemingly with that particular loophole because you're still booking a driving test you're still putting down on paper that you're going to go but then you don't turn up so you are then entitled to get your license because I presume you'll need your license anyhow to do the particular test anyhow uh, that story making the Irish Times this morning and I was speaking there regarding the Taoiseach who uh, is commenting on the further delays with the event centre here in Cork and he has said that one thing he is not going to do is turn the sod on anything that has no guarantee that it would actually happen. So Liam Varanka was speaking to C103 News recently about the particular event centre and yeah, he is coming out and saying it's important that things get done, but that things get done correctly. The long-awaited development, of course, has become even more controversial since the €9 million euro repayable loan elements of the €30 million state package was revealed. Well, here is Leo Varadkar speaking to our senior news reporter, Fiona Cochran, last week on this particular issue. And the big thing that everybody was talking about was the fact that the former teacher in the Kinney and other senior ministers at the time came to Cork turned this out and everything thought something would happen straight away and here we are a number of years on and still no event centre. Here is Don Taoiseach speaking to Fiona last week. I think it's important to bear in mind it's, it's, it's not a government project. You know, it's a project that's um, largely led by, involves the government but it's largely led by the City Council. BAM are involved yeah, in yes. Live Nation. And to Kenny who was the former Taoiseach coming down and turning the sod. Yeah, well one, one thing I make very sure of now is not to turn the sod on something unless I know it's actually definitely going to happen. Um, had it been a government project of course that would never have happened because... Uh, because you'd make sure that, that it was actually um, happening before you turn the sod. Um, but the important thing is that it gets done. Uh, and I think the event centre um, will be an enormous addition uh, to the city, a city that's, you know, really come on leaps and bounds the last couple of years. So much, you know, so many more things to do, so much um, more amenities, better restaurants, everything. And I think a, an event centre would, would really be um, part of the makings of the city. So we're working very closely, um, Simon Coveney, Steve Madigan, uh, the council to, you know, get this done. Um, but like I say, there's a lot of players involved. Uh, and as you know, um, the cost of it uh, turned out to be uh, higher than people had anticipated. And um, that's, that is a problem. But we'll get it done. He's stating there it's not a government project. Not too sure if he's hanging out the City Council there or not when he comes to or when he mentions about turning the sod and that it wasn't uh, his particular project or the government's project and that they would not have done that. Well there was enough of them around as Fiona asked them uh, regardless who owns the project at the time turning the sod. Your views welcome on that 1850 and discussing shortly about the civic community sites and why there is none in the Fermoy and Mitchellstown area and a lot of people questioning the fact that if we had more or extended the hours of these particular sites, would we have less dumping on our roads and other areas across Cork? A lot of talk about plastic over the last uh, number of years and our use of plastic and a lot of towns here in Cork have been setting up their own plastic-free area. So you've had a, had a plastic-free Kinsale and I now see plastic-free McCroom was out and on their Facebook over the weekend, a uh, post went up and it was showing uh, the river in Ballyvorney but someone decided to dump and throw a number of bags off the bridge that of course fell into the river and the river was of course a beautiful river there but the sea and the picture of this basically is a lot of bags just dumped and because the particular bags were dumped then when they fell onto the ground they tore open and you have rubbish just strewn across the riverbank in Ballyvorney. Now Ballyvorney Tally Towns and others have cleaned that up and have done their best uh, to clean up the area following whoever did that. The one thing is though whoever did do that and they say on Facebook 
uh, they, they uh, well, leave, basically ID, they left a bit of ID after them. So whoever did decide to throw those particular bags there uh, will be uh, receiving a phone call, I would presume, soon from the Alicia Department at Cork County Council because they have been reported for that. Uh, but often to think that on a beautiful weekend we had and in the beautiful area of Ballyvorney that someone would go along basically, catch a load of bags, throw them over a bridge and then they fall down into a river and destroy the area. But well done again to all in Ballyvorney who went along and cleaned up the rubbish but that is the point why should the people in that area be going around collecting rubbish and cleaning rubbish for those who decide then to go out and dump it uh, your views are welcome on that 1850 civic community sites and the lack of them and maybe that is why uh, situations like that are happening they shouldn't be but it could lead to situations like that decreasing if we had more civic community sites in all areas of Cork discussing that next and Mary on earlier regarding the driving conditions she, she saw at the weekend and driver behaviour more so of people on the roads, more people looking on their phones, looking down while driving than actually looking on the road ahead of them. A lot of people have seen similar. A lot of people actually texting in with what they saw across the bank holiday weekend. We'll get to those texts and calls shortly. Uh, but if you were on the roads and like a lot of people that are getting on to us this morning and contacting us, uh, behaviour of drivers and phones uh, looking at the text coming in seems to be the big issue. People looking down rather than looking at the road ahead of them. So that are, while they're driving, they're looking down on their phone at something I hope you wonder what's so important that they look at their phones for uh, but they are looking down instead of looking up and swerving off the road I get to a lot of those texts and calls over the next few minutes but first of all and going back to the issue uh, we were discussing and this is on rubbish and dumping and we always get calls that civic community sites should be open in the evenings and why is there no civic community sites in some parts of Cork? Well, uh, one of those areas that doesn't have one is the Fermoy and Mitchellstown area and Councillor Frank or Flynn is raising the issue on why indeed the area still does not have a particular civic community site and Frank joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Frank. Good morning, John Paul. Good morning, listeners. Frank, back in 2014, there was a similar call for an actual civic community site in the Fermoy and Mitchellstown areas to happen and to be set up. Uh, why come when, when, initially, when they were setting up civic community sites across Cork, how come uh, the areas of Fermoy and Mitchellstown were ignored and no actual site was allocated for that particular area? Because it's a large area there in North Cork that it really has been ignored when it comes to this particular issue. Well, John Paul, it's a very, very big issue and it's going on now for a number of years. As everyone knows, when the pay-by-weight came in in 2001, 2002, and all the householders bought into that system. But one of the, the commitments that time, John Paul, and listeners was that a civic amenity site would be put in each um, area. And there was supposed to be one for Mitchellstown and one for Fermoy. But every other town throughout Cock County was successful in getting one. So now we're not very greedy in our area. So for the, the area for my and Mitchellstown and surrounding villages, and did must remember that Norcock now, we are the biggest, you could say, Limerick City and Limerick County come together. And it's only fair that householders would have the same service there. And a safety mean site in this day and age is a necessity. And I'm calling on Cock County Council. It's now much e- e- more cost-effective, and it's in the, you can put in a much cheaper structure. We were actually offered the site between Fermoy and Mitchellstown, which I think would be ideal. I brought it up now again because it's, I think it's the right time because the Minister of Communications and Environment, Richard Bruton, says there's now three million in place. So I'm cost, calling Cock County Council to tap into this for now three million and put a civic meeting site in place for the householders and families of uh, Norcock, Fermoy, Mitchellstown and all the surrounding villages. You're thinking about what, talking about white goods, uh, talk about computers, timber, 
all houses, everything, and to be an ideal situation if we had one in the Fermoy Mitchestown that would serve the towns and the, lo- and the surrounding villages. Well, people are telling us currently they have to travel towards Mallow or indeed Tipperary or Waterford to recycle or dispose of those items you mentioned there. And many feel the lack of a civic community site is leading to dumping in the area. If there was one, you mentioned there a site was allocated, where would the site be and would it be on the Fermoy side or Mitchellstown side or, or how would this work? Well, I'd say the one I, I, I have in mind would be kind of halfway between for my Mitchell would be ideal to support all the um, local villages and local communities there. And I think it's an ideal location. It's very accessible. And I'm calling down Cork County Council because of the fact that there's extra... Because they're always telling me, Frank, we've no funding, we've no funding. Richard Bruton recently has announced a massive initiative in relation to support communities around the country to tackle illegal dumping. And he's talking about a fund in the region of three million. Why can't we have a slice of that in the Fermoy Mitchell Sound villages? And it's only right and fitting, and we shouldn't be the odd one out. I've fought this and I'm going to continue to fight it because the householders in my area are entitled to the same service as every other municipal area. And it's very unfair that we haven't got one. And I manager in his response said that he would look into this fund and see if it could be put in place. And because you can put in a very, very cost-effective structure. I've seen no, numerous ones throughout the country. And in this day and age, it's a necessity. And the other thing I would fully support, with families now working uh, shift work um, different days, six or seven day a week, in different in some cases, all civic community sites should be opened, especially on Saturdays, to facilitate families. Yeah, we're getting a lot of calls about that when it mentions civic community sites, and only in, in that area, but across the county, people who would like to see hours extended to beyond their closing time of usual at four or five. And as you mentioned, Saturdays there because people are working by the time they get home in the evening, uh, the site can be closed, and they feel they can't make use of the Pacific uh, Pacific civic community sites. Do you feel because of that, Frank, with the hours they're opened and the fact that in Fermoy Mitchell Sound there's no site uh, that it is leading to an increase oh. in dumping across our roadsides uh, in all areas doubt. without a doubt and uh, we have a very good um, system in place in, in uh, combating illegal dumping in Cork County Council uh, we have tremendous staff while they're limited and in the numbers and we're and always pushing to put in place extra uh, staff in relation to um, not coming across anyone who's dumping illegally it, it no doubt it is leading to legal dumping throughout Narcock. And I've seen that myself. You see plastics, you see televisions, you see beds, you see mattresses. And this day and age, it's not on because we have a beautiful countryside. We're on the Blackwater Valley. We're on the main roof from Ross to Killarney. And there's no week going, but I'm getting phone calls. And um, I'm talking to the staff to said, Frank, if we had a civic community site, definitely Narcock, for my Mitchstown, Sony Village, are suffering. Because of lack, people are not prepared to travel 20, 25, or 30 miles uh, to go to a new site in this day and age. Because of our size, as I said, we're the largest city and county put together. This is something, the funding is there now. Uh, I asked the manager, and he said he's going to look into sourcing funding and putting in place a safety media site. And it's not before time, and I look forward to a report at our next meeting um, when you come back, uh, because it's very cost-effective now. The buildings are much cheaper. I actually know where there's a site. I think to be absolutely ideal. While we have to go for, for full planning, I, I think this site would be suitable and very accessible for the families. And it's only right in this day and age. And I'd also say, also to the manufacturers, quite a lot of people saying, Frank, we're buying different products now, the amount of paper and the amount of plastic that's been used. I had a case recently in the shop in Formai where a certain person was purchasing a kettle 
and he was paying for the kettle and the, his card was going through the system. In the meantime, he took out the kettle and he had it. And he went behind the counter there and said, what are you doing? He said, I bought the kettle. I didn't buy the packaging. The amount of packaging yeah. that was in any kettle and oil and any of those white goods tomorrow morning is absolutely crazy. So I think our manufacturers must also get the house in order. And reduce the amount of plastic and packaging that we always hear about that they are uh, including in all those items. And I know some shops have, I know Lidl is one of them, uh, whereby when you're finished now you can dispose of your plastics and packaging without bringing yeah. it home. That will reduce uh, the intake then of yeah, plastics at home. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think many will. And on this, Frank, you mentioned the fund there. If the money comes through on that fund to Cork County Council, how long will it be then before this particular civic community site can go ahead? If you say you you know where you could put this particular site, if there's staff there to be redeployed there, if it's going to take less than it used to five or six years ago to build a building for that particular yeah. site, how long do you think if tomorrow morning or next month you were told, yeah, we've got the money, uh, we can go ahead with this, are people going to be waiting for a year, two years, well, three years? Well, Planning process would probably take eight, eight to twelve weeks. I see no reason why uh, the, the facility could not be started by the first September if the planning process went in. We get the money was announced um, in the last three weeks by the minister, and I've asked our county council to look into um, seeking some of that funding towards a civic mean site because up to now they had no problem giving us a civic mean site, but they said the big problem, Frank, was money. Now that the money is there, I'm calling our county council to tap into that resource that's there and put in place. We need it. The people from my Midstown sounding villages, we've suffered long enough. We bought into the scheme of the reuse and reduce. That was the pay-by-weight. Every householder bought into that. And one of the commitments in that documentation, which we all voted for in, in, in Cork County Council, was to put in place a civic immunity site. That's all part of the pay-by-weight system. Okay, before I let you go, Frank, I know this morning we've been speaking, uh, or speaking before about the weir in Fermoy and a lot of uh, locals in Fermoy not happy. They feel the state is gone too quiet on what's happening uh, with the weir in Fermoy, which they say, and when we've seen that ourselves from photographs, it's crumbling before everybody's eyes on the black water. Uh, you had a meeting this morning about the particular situation. Uh, what's the latest following this morning's meeting there with well, management at Cork County Council? Um, and it is one of the biggest issues I'm meeting the doorstep, not alone in Fermoy, but for all my... Um, electoral area and uh, the number of families it's a very big issue everyone was in relation to the rowing and the importance of the rowing club and the regatta coming up tourism is from my Blackwater Valley and the, and, and the main route from Rosclare to Killarney and the fishing renowned for, for salmon it's one of the biggest issues on the doorstep at the moment uh, is the wearing for my and broadband and housing now we had a very very constructive meeting this morning uh, with our chief executive Tim Lucy and he gave us ample time to discuss it. And just to bring people up, in relation to the consultants, uh, it, it's out the tender again, and the tender is due back on the 10th of May. Um, Tim Lucy reiterated this morning that he's fully committed to funding half of that, no problem whatsoever, and he did fund the preliminary works which were carried out uh, last summer when the river was exceptionally low and that uh, temporary um, in, investigation was necessary. So that is something... That we've got a good strong commitment this morning that, that Tim Lucy said Cork County Council will fund the, the consultant. The consultants then will prepare a planning process where they'll go for part one and part two. The first one will be the repair of the weir plus the fish ladder. And next one will be the part two will be the repair of the weir plus the fish ladder plus new fish pass, which may be needed. Some people say IFI are saying we need it or, the, or the OPW are saying we need it. So we'll have both plannings in place. And remedial works, which I, we were asked to raise, uh, by Save the Wear Committee. I'm delighted that we've got a commitment from Tim Lucy 
that uh, he will meet um, members of Save the Wear Committee and very, very strong organisation there under the chairmanship of Paul Tavner and Tommy Lawton, very active secretary, very strong, that he will meet those and he set up a meeting with James Fogarty, our division manager, and Kevin Morey, uh, which has given us tremendous help and support, both actually um, in relation to engineering, and we expect that that meeting, uh, they'll sit down and uh, prepare to look at proposals in relation to temporary works being carried out. Now, he did say that he was um, cautious on temporary work, but he's prepared to examine it and sit down and examine such proposals. And he has asked that a meeting will be set up with Paul Kavanagh and Tommy Lawton, and they're prepared to meet with James Fogarty and Kevin Morey. And the third thing is this, the Cork County Council are still striving and working hard. They seek funding for the overall project. Okay, so it's a bit more positive anyhow than it was a few weeks ago when when there was a concern, people were hearing nothing, there was no talk about what would happen in the future. So at least now there's some commitment being made. Well, he made all councillors this morning under the chairmanship. Uh, June Ruff is our chairperson at the moment, and she chaired the meeting, and, uh, and all the councillors were there. And it was a very, very constructive meeting, and I have no doubt there's no forward, uh, way forward. Uh, we, we, ha- we have the tinder on the 10th of May. We have the commitment from the council and the funding of it. Tim Lucy has given a very strong commitment that he will meet the Save the Wear Committee and I look forward to that meeting. Uh, I know there's a meeting up in Dublin in the 8th and we ask that that meeting would take place before the meeting in Dublin and uh, he has put aside he says, that our divisional manager and Kevin Morty will meet him. And he also didn't reiterate it, that the council are working very actively to seek funding which um, number one 1.57 million will be the cost of the repair of the wear plus the fish ladder. The overall project, if it goes ahead, will cost in excess of 3 million. So I think it was a good day's more. We met him this morning here in County Hall. He was ample time. He is as concerned, and he came across to us in relation to the wear in Formoy is everything to the town of Formoy, North Cork, and not alone the people of Formoy, but especially all North Cork in relation to tourism, in relation to fishing, but especially the rowing club and the regatta coming up. And people are concerned and people are worried because up to 20% of the wear at this stage is washed away. And God forbid if there's another flood or some tree come down, the whole lot. So we, are, we know that some of the works that were carried out maybe in relation then they were um, the north side and the south side, that's the temporary alleviation works in relation to the flooding. Some people are saying that the, the river has speeded up. That is something that I no doubt that Save the Wear Committee will bring proposals to meet James Fogarty and to Kevin Morey. Now, there's no commitment whatsoever, but at least we've got a meeting. Sit down and look at temporary proposals, because long term, the works will probably take two and a half to three years. So if some temporary works could be carried out, I think most people are saying, to be frank, save the existing way that and save the regatta that is June the month of May. And I have no doubt that I look forward to a constructive meeting. And we got a, a very strong commitment this morning that that meeting will take place before the 8th of May. OK, well, we'll wait and see what happens over the next few weeks on that, Frank, for the moment. Thanks for joining us this morning. That is North Cork Councillor Frank O'Flynn on the issues of the civic community site for that area of Fermoy and Mitchellstown and the latest regarding the weir in Fermoy as well on the Blackwater. Some, a bit of positive news there, more positive than it was a few weeks ago anyhow, uh, that something at least is being considered now uh, for the weir in Fermoy. Your views are welcome. 1850 333 103. You can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. 
on the issue of packaging uh, we mentioned there with Frank and the amount of packaging that comes when you buy something in a supermarket and that some supermarkets now are offering you the chance to dispose of your plastics and packaging when you're finished at the till you go along you can dump your own plastic uh, in that you bought uh, unknown to yourself in an actual box in the supermarket without bringing it home uh, well a few people have different views on this uh, Adam saying I agree it's a great idea that supermarkets allow people the chance to dump the packaging and plastic that comes with items at least then that will free up your own household waste and reduce capacity at civic community centres and indeed reduce your own waste capacity while Jay is saying JP there has to be a certain amount of packaging would you buy a dented kettle or a scratched fridge says Jay and Jay has a point there you will need a certain amount of packaging for items such as a fridge and a kettle so maybe that's why the in-house situation some stores I know Lila the first out with this uh, that they will let you dispose of your packaging in the store but then if it's a larger item like a fridge uh, you will have no choice but to bring the packaging home with you because it'll be too large to transport to your house uh, well, I suppose you could argue how many of uh, times will you buy a fridge over uh, 10 or 20 years anyhow uh, your text welcome on that 086 2103103 we're going to hear next about a campaign uh, to include the Seven Heads area and Cove McSherry which is now due for consideration due to be included on the Wild Atlantic Way and we'll hear about that campaign next You're listening to Cork Today on Replay Phone and text lines are currently closed Cork Today on C103 Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment 086 103 now, last week, the great news came after a number of years campaigning that the R601 into Cork McSherry is to be included in the Wild Atlantic Way and will be signposted from this May. A lot of talk over the last number of weeks on the Wild Atlantic Way and new areas being included. So this is very significant of this particular announcement because Barry Holland, one of those campaigning for the Seven Heads to be included, joins me and still a lot more work to do, I'm sure. Barry, good morning to you. Good morning, John Paul. Uh, good news. It means now Cormac Shirley will be included on a route off the Wild Atlantic Way. Signs will be included from May. Uh, you're happy with this, I'm sure, but still a lot more to do because you'd rather have the whole peninsula now there and the seven heads all included together. Will that come in time, do you think? Well, it's 50% of the work, John Paul. 50% of it is done. The, um, the route that we had scoped out in 2017 uh, that we uh, wanted to include the full seven heads peninsula on the Wild Atlantic Way. That would be the villages of Court McSherry, Butterstown, Lislevan and Ring. So as far as we know now from what correspondence we've received from Falls Ireland on the 8th of April last, the uh, R601, as you'd mentioned earlier, will be signposted from the onwards. The remainder of the route is subject to what they call a route review. Uh, that involves the review of all 2,500 kilometres of the Wild Atlantic Way. We're very hopeful that the uh, route from Court McSherry through the remainder of the Seven Heads onto Clannacilty will be included on the publication of that report. And in the last week, as I mentioned, we have seen areas for what's now being called the Wild Atlantic Way region. So McCroom and North Cork are going to be included in this, surely because the Seven Heads is looking over the Atlantic. Uh, this would be positive that in the next while it would be included and that they would look at this uh, considering that Cork Mac now is part of it. Absolutely, John Paul. And, you know, the Wild Atlantic Way has been a tremendous success story and probably one of the best tours and initiatives that has ever been taken in this uh, country since the foundation of the state, probably. And it has brought tremendous economic impact in terms of additional people, additional revenue, additional bed nights, etc., 
to places along the western and southwestern seaboard. So we're hoping to capitalise on that because the area is in bad need, bad need of of of, uh, of rejuvenation and economic stimulus. So we're very hopeful now that that will bring great benefits when the Brutus sign posted next May. It's great to see as well that the likes of the, uh, towns like McCroom as well are being incorporated into the whole thing because I suppose it is the encouragement of, of people like Fall Charlton to ensure that all parts of the country do receive um, do receive uh, you know tours and promotion. That is their job as a state agency to promote the entire country. You know, so whether it is ourselves or whether it is McCroom, Fall Charlton have an obligation to ensure that we are all incorporated into their tours and promotional plans. Yeah, and you mentioned there economic activity and that is very much needed in areas, especially in rural areas, whereby you depend on tourists spending money and local cafes and bars depend on that influx of tourists and having a signpost and tagging on the Wild Atlantic Way will bring people uh, to those areas. I'm not too sure if you're watching the Late Late Show on Friday Night Last. Pat Spillan was making that particular point. He was very passionate and we've spoken to Pat on the show a number of times over the years. He's very passionate for rural Ireland and that things like the Wild Atlantic Way would increase those coming into areas like Cork Mac, like you mentioned McCroom, spending money and that they'll has a, a turn off in the economy whereby people who have small restaurants and shops, you know, they'll blossom during the March to October parts of the year, which is needed and that's why you need routes like this included. But was it a big battle for you? I mean, when you hear what, what he was saying on the late late on, on Friday night, and what he was campaigning for and he felt that he wasn't listened to in some parts of the state. Was this a big battle to get this far and to get a route which a lot of people thought was included onto the Wild Atlantic Way? It was, absolutely, John Paul. It was. It was very tough. Uh, I suppose we're approaching now, we're approaching the second anniversary of when we gathered first in Buttress Town Hall at a public meeting of the local community to uh, organise a campaign to include Seven Heads in the Wild Atlantic Way. I had originally... um, signed up for a three-month job as chairman of the organisation, that has subsequently been lengthened to two years because I had, I was of the opinion that this can be rectified easily. We satisfied all the criteria. Fall Ireland had a route identification report whereby they said that coastal communities with things such as, you know, fishing courts, harbours, you know, beaches, cliffs, etc., all the criteria, we satisfied, we ticked all the boxes. So I was of the opinion that this was going to be a fairly easily rectifiable job. Um, in the interim, what it has experienced is a number of delays and setbacks but I'm sure now, you know, confident that Fall Alternative, with their assurance that Court McSherry will be signposted from May onwards and with the route identification or the route review report to be published from the same time, I'm very confident that we could have our job done within six, six months in total. And are you involved in a no-fall to Ireland of developing uh, vision experience development plans for certain areas? I, I think Cormac is part of that. Are you involved in that particular uh, plan as well with Fall to Ireland? We are indeed. The Peninsula Tourism Group was approached by Fall to Ireland to uh, nominate a representative to uh, sit on that uh, visitor experience working group. Our vice chairperson, Dennis Collin, is the gentleman that is, uh, that is representing us on that. So the uh, the visitor experience consultant that would um, that would have been tasked with developing the plan uh, came to Court McSherry last February, and we had a great attendance at the event in Court McSherry Hotel. And they were uh, keen on getting our stories around the area, our maritime history, our heritage, and using them to create what you might call visitor experiences down the road in due course.
Very good. Well, best of luck, Barry, with that. And indeed, hopefully over the next one now, we'll seal the uh, big WWA Wild Atlantic Way signs uh, over Cork McSherry and pointing towards Cork McSherry. And maybe in the next few months, we'll have that as well for the Seven Hays. But for the great, John Paul. Uh, no can problem. I, can, I, can I just take an opportunity, John Paul, to outline maybe for your listeners a couple of events that we yep. have coming up on the, uh, in the pipeline on the um, bank holiday weekend on the... Saturday of the bank holiday weekend, the 4th of May at 9am, we have a breakfast briefing in Port McSherry Hotel and the topics will be agri-food and tourism and the uh, guest speakers at that will be uh, Sinead Hennessy, who is the food tourism master for Falls Ireland, and Avril Al-Sharhaw, who is in Carabaig, uh, Free Range Pork and Ross Carberry Recipes and the West Cobb Farm Tours in Ross Carberry. So that's coming up on the Saturday and tickets for that can be obtained by in- emailing info at sevenheadsplinsel.ie or contacting Court McSherry Hotel directly. And the day after we have this, uh, what was very last year, very successful event, the uh, second Court McSherry Seafood Feast, food festival um, celebrating kind of rich fishing and food heritage in the village. And we'll have um, 30 plus food stalls from local artists and food producers, uh, cookery demonstrations from a couple of celebrity chefs, and that's taking place from 12 to 5 p.m. on Sunday, the 5th of May next. And are you seeing tourists already? By the way, mentioning those particular events there, are you noticing tourists arriving already? Or have, when did the tourist season really kick off this year? Well, I was speaking to a couple of business people yesterday and they had explained from Thursday to yesterday they had a fantastic weekend. Yeah. And I suppose a lot of it was down to the weather, John Paul. Yeah, the weather made it, of course. The weather, the weather makes, and we benefit greatly from the likes of that. And I suppose our efforts haven't gone unrecognised too, John Paul, in the sense that people are now seeing the name. Years ago, Port Richard was a very popular destination for people coming from Cork City when the train link was there and summer excursions used to run. But over the years, maybe things people might have dropped off and uh, we're starting to see people coming back again, um, kind of a reinvigoration of the popularity of the of the village and the, and the surrounding area. And yesterday was a testament to that, whereby uh, the uh, coffee shops and restaurants were full of people uh, enjoying themselves on the, in the fine weather overlooking the water. Well, that's good. Good to hear. Good and positive. And uh, as I say, we look forward to the Wild Atlantic Way signs appearing there for Cork Mark. For the moment, Barry, thanks for joining us this morning. That is Barry Holland there, uh, Seven Heads Peninsula Tourism Chairman, uh, on what they have been doing for the last two years there, successfully now getting Cork Mark Sherry on the Wild Atlantic Way and nearly there to bring in the whole peninsula of the Seven Heads within the Wild Atlantic Way as well. So good news there. Uh, their campaign paying off for them. On the way, I've got a few calls over the weekend and indeed a few emails from people who were applying for a carer's allowance have reduced their work to part-time thinking they would have the allowance by now but some are waiting over three or four months for the particular allowance. When they're inquiring they're told uh, their claim or their application is still being processed but yet nothing back. We'll discuss that uh, because Fianna Fáil's Michael Moynihan has also been looking into this. Uh, he's got calls as well. We'll hear from him after 11 plus. A lot of calls in regarding uh, the group called Sarah which were marching over the weekend in Cork and a lot of calls from people who were driving over the weekend and cannot get over the bad behaviour on our roads, particularly people looking down on their phones rather than the road. Tuesday morning, it's Cork Today with you until 1. John Paul McNamara in for Patricia until 1 o'clock. And Bernie takes your comments to 1850 Or you can text on WhatsApp 86 You can always tweet this morning at C103 Cork. And a number of calls coming in to us. Uh, we were mentioning the weekend there and speaking to Barry Holland uh, from the Seven Heads Peninsula Tourism Group who have been campaigning to get Cork McSherry on the Wild Atlantic Way and they have been successful 
successful now to get the remainder of that area on the Walt Atlantic Way but so many people saying they enjoyed the weekend and enjoyed the sunshine and it was just fantastic uh, to see the sun out and people enjoying themselves over Cork across the weekend uh, Angela saying great to hear that Cork McSherry will be included on the Wild Atlantic Way I was there on Sunday and it was just great to see the place buzzing so busy and so many people enjoying themselves enjoying the sunshine in that beautiful village says Angela and yeah I was looking at the um, online over the weekend and people enjoying themselves and it just shows how many uh, good sites and good amenities we have here in the Cork area when it comes to tourism right across the county I was looking at pictures online from Donrell Park over the weekend and I'm looking splendid in the sunshine in Donrell also a lot of people took to the Ballyhowras over the weekend a lot of uh, mountain bike trekking and all of that in the Ballyhowras along Strands near only Hinchev that was very busy I saw beautiful pictures of that over the weekend on Insta and Facebook the Sheep's Head and Beira Peninsula Yall was featuring Cove and Photo Wildlife Park even I know they had record crowds there I think it was yesterday or over the weekend anyhow they saw record crowds going and calling to Photo so yeah we have a great county when it comes to tourism and we need to build on that but Rob uh, when we're mentioning building on tourism and I did mention with Barry about the Wild Atlantic Way and how now it's becoming a Wild Atlantic Way region and how parts of North Cork and indeed McCroom are being included in the Wild Atlantic Way. Rob says this will destroy the Wild Atlantic Way. McCroom is nowhere near the Atlantic. The Wild Atlantic Way should remain along the coastline. Otherwise, you're calling the tourists and will destroy it when they start telling other people they were conned, that they were sent miles out of their way, says Rob on text 0862103103. Now, they are calling it the Wild Atlantic Way region. So I presume when they market this, they will be letting tourists know that the Wild Atlantic Way, the route they'll show for that, will still be along the coastline and this is the region so when you come to a particular area of the Wild Atlantic Way you can explore other areas so if you're in Kinsale and you're going towards Clonakilty and those areas uh, they are encouraging you to go off course and look at areas like McCroom, like North Cork, where there is so much else on offer. So people are making a weekend of it just in the Cork area. Uh, they will include the amenities like Donrell Park and like McCroom in a, a pamphlet or leaflet, I'm sure, for the Wild Atlantic Way region. And the way itself will continue to be along the, the coastline, I would presume. But this is the market, more areas to make people go off route and, and visit early areas of Cork. Uh, Rob, thanks for your text on that. Uh, to 0862103103 but as I'm talking about the weekend and Cormac Sherry being included on the Wild Atlantic Way and, and people enjoying the sunshine and going and telling me how great we are here on Cork to have all these great facilities a lot of people unhappy when they were driving to these locations across the weekend because they say they never saw such behaviour bad behaviour on a road that is and uh, was on to us it started off by the way with Mary first on WhatsApp uh, she was driving across the weekend and she noticed people looking more on their phones than on the road so driving along people swerving last minute because they were looking down uh, instead of looking up well Anne says uh, on text that I do 25,000 miles a year and it's frightening what is going on with people on phones and she says women and I'm one I'm a woman but they are the very worst says Anne until there is huge fines and a dedicated team of Gardaí just doing road surveillance there will be loads more deaths on our roads and even worse serious lifelong injuries uh, says Anne who feels we're on our roads it's, it's just getting more frightening and she feels that women 
uh, are worse than our roads because women are looking down and using the phones more than men. Uh, this is Anne's point of view now. Uh, she does 25,000 miles a year, she says, uh, and she notices that on her particular driver or journeys uh, that she sees more women looking at phones than men. I'm not too sure what others make of that. Thank you for your text, Dan. And Liam says, we nearly had an accident outside Bandon on the N71 on Sunday uh, with a woman on her phone coming towards us. We saw her crossing the road ahead towards us, so we had to pull into the ditch on our side. And at the very last moment, she swerved back over to her side again. Now, we got a good bit of a fright, uh, says Liam, but uh, no one was injured. But the fact that uh, this particular person was more or less if they're looking down uh, and swerving across the road possibly on the phone I'm not too sure if he saw her on the phone or not Liam was she talking on the phone was she looking down texting someone she still did swerve across the other side of the road and you having to go into the ditch uh, means she was a good bit uh, across the road at this stage considering you were going into the ditch uh, Liam thank you for your text 86 uh, are there people witnessing this a lot of calls and texts coming in to us like that uh, like Liam like Anne like Mary who would been travelling across the weekends, going to certain destinations, enjoying the fine weather, uh, to be met with people swerving last minute on the road, people driving in the middle of the road, people on the wrong side of the road, mainly because they're looking down at their phone instead of looking on the road. Your calls and comments are welcome on that. A lot of texts coming in to us, similar stories to Liam and Anne there and Mary. You can call Bernie 1850-333-103. On the event centre we mentioned there a while ago and Leah Racker coming out over the last week and he's saying that he would not have turned the sod on the road basically uh, because if he was turning the sod he, and he thought something would not go ahead then he wouldn't turn the sod on the event centre because the event centre hasn't gone ahead in the last number of years and he's saying well no if it was him he wouldn't have done that even though uh, the former teacher in the kitty did well, a lot of people have come back on that and said, wouldn't it be more in line now for the government and the states to sort out our health service rather than worrying about this particular event centre? we got to ask, does Cork need an event centre? And indeed, if we do, do we need to put and reroute the money to our health first and worry about our entertainment needs after that? Uh, while Joan's saying, I feel when they redevelop Tivoli Docks in the future, that would be the proper location for a new event centre. Uh, all the money wasted on this particular event centre and it is in the heart of the city. No allocation for parking and what about if there is big gigs there where will the crowds go afterwards? It's a much narrower space there. I feel it should be in a wider open space and outside of the city centre says Joan on text 0862103103 and on the issue of this new, well not new but the Republican group uh, who were marching across Dublin and Cork at the weekend. They were marching up Barrack Street in the Bandon Road area of the city on Sunday afternoon and they're called Sarah and a lot of people criticising them because of the murder of the journalist Lyra McKee only last Thursday when she was shot dead in riots in Derry uh, well on this Passion for Moy says regarding that awful murder in the north and this group as well but on the uh, the murder in the north uh, Pat saying all her friends went to the new IRA HQ at the weekend and put red handprints all over their building that was a great thing to do says Pat it shows the grassroots 
attitudes are dead against any more violence in the north. And yeah, Pat, uh, reading an article over the weekend as well on a Belfast paper, uh, the police, the PSNI, are a bit overwhelmed at the amount of people coming out condemning this because I suppose going back to 20, 30 years ago, it might have been a, di- a bit of a difference in that some might be supporting what was going on. Now everybody is condemning this particular group and saying there's no place for society. Of course, now the calling is on the politicians in the north to get back to Stormont. Uh, that's all sides of the political front to go back into Stormont, sort things out in the Assembly because there's a fear if you have groups like this starting up again they will create a violent pact uh, in the North, which no one wants. No one wants that particular violence. And then when you have groups like Syria marching on uh, Bandon Road and Barrack Street, a lot of people questioning, do we need these groups these days marching like this? We've come so far in this country. We have peace. They did nothing illegal. Uh, everybody's entitled to march uh, if you're under 5,000 people, you're, you're, there's nothing wrong with what they did, but it's what they represent. Have we moved on from that particular culture in this country? Your views are welcome on that. 1850 And regarding plastic, and we were discussing the Civic Community site uh, for, for Moy and Mitchell Sound earlier, and uh, why that area needs a Civic Amenity site, and people were texting in with their thoughts on packaging, and why when they go to a shop and when we were speaking to Councillor Franco Flynn he gave an example of a, a person he met went along bought a kettle in a shop and the amount of packaging that came with the kettle he at the till said there you go I'm taking the kettle and leaving all the packaging with you and some shops are doing that they're taking the packaging and you can go home with just whatever you bought in your hand I know some people are saying well if you buy items like uh, a fridge or a kettle you don't want it marked or dint so that's why there is an actual packaging in those boxes why there is a lot of paper why there is a lot of plastic to protect the item you buy uh, and on shops we mentioned Lidl that they are doing this now that you can get rid of your packaging whatever you buy there you can you know dump it just outside the till or after the till and they will look after the particular plastic for you rather than you bringing it home uh, to your refuse or your recyclable uh, they will do that for you other shops are following suit and one here we got a text from the gang at Thornhill Electrical in Skibbereen and we were discussing white good packaging and people asking about white good packaging for example washing machines and dishwasher as well uh, they say with regards to all of that uh, we in Thornhill Electrical uh, we take away the packaging when we deliver a washing machine or a dishwasher or fridge freezers and we actually dispose correctly if customers want to have it we have no problem uh, also taking the kettle irons etc boxes so if you go along and you purchase a kettle or an iron there uh, they will also take the box that comes with that away so they have no problem doing that at their tills in Thornhill Electrical and Skibbereen. So I presume more shops are following that line. Uh, if you're uh, delivering big white goods, they'll take away the plastic. If you're buying a small item like a kettle, well, they will take the box and any plastic uh, that is coming with that at the till there as well. And they will dispose of that. So there we are. More shops, a local shop there in Skibbereen doing that as well. So it seems more are going to be doing this over the next while. Thank you for your text there to the gang in Thornhills in Skibbereen. And just going back to the civic ministry sites and staying with that issue uh, of plastic and people disposing of plastic because a lot of calls we get in from people was that the ministry sites should be opened longer hours 
and open on a Saturday. A lot of people feel that when they get home from work, the sites are closed and at weekends they're also closed. Well, Councillor Danny Collins has been in touch and he's saying his concern with the opening of the civic community sites and their hours, he totally agrees with myself and callers that they need to be extending the opening hours for these sites. He says, for example, in Derry Connell in Skull and in Castletown Bear civic community sites, they are not opened on Mondays. I have been calling for these sites opening extra hours and especially on Mondays as after a weekend household rubbish builds up and plus especially that both areas I mentioned are tourist destinations a lot of people come on holiday and leave after their weekend I still await a positive outcome and indeed for common sense to prevail with the opening hours of civic amenity sites says Councillor Danny Collins in Bantry so hopefully in time we will see those particular sites opening later in the evenings and indeed on Saturdays if that can be done if staff are able to work those hours and and all of that Uh, but hopefully a lot of talk now there from all those uh, in the council to make this happen to make civic community sites available to people where there's none and to extend the opening hours your calls are welcome on driving behaviour and indeed the plastic issue what we spoke about there also, Anna in Mallow got in touch with us, along with more callers over the weekend, wanted to know, is anyone having delays in getting their carer's allowance? I applied for my allowance a few months ago. I received nothing. And when I ring, they tell me my application is not yet completed. So what can I do? We'll discuss that next. C103 Jobs. And on today's job spot, we have opportunities for a shift, shift supervisor and shop assistance required for Sintra in Chapel Street in Bantry. You can contact 086-283-2235 or email ella.sintra at gmail.com. Arctic low loader driver wanted for local work based in Cork. Contact Tony O'Driscoll on 086-832-3006 for further info. And Cronin's food store in Ballylicky require a full-time shop assistant. You can call O. Two seven five zero one zero six, and you get these jobs and more online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs. So this is C103. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Now, across the weekend, we got calls from people who applied for the carer's allowance a number of months ago back, but are still awaiting to hear back or even get the actual allowance itself. Deputy Michael Moynihan is also raising the matter and joins me. Good morning to you, Michael. Good morning, how are you? I'm fine, thanks, and thanks for joining us. Now, this uh, processing of the applications to get the carer's allowance, or as it's now known as the carer support grant, uh, there seems to be some sort of a delay because when people do get a response or ask questions, they're being told they are processing them, uh, but they haven't got to their particular file yet. Have you been hearing why there's delays with the particular issue of carer's allowance? Well, there is a um, huge issue with it. You know, in uh, going back maybe a year, maybe two years ago, it was a kind of a 12-week, which is far too long, right? These applications should be processed in a month to six weeks. Because uh, I raised it uh, twice in the last partners, and I'm going to continue raising it on uh, questions and promise legislation over the next while to try and get a result of it. Because it's a very, very serious issue. And last Wednesday... Uh, the minister said that they were hoping to reduce it from 19 weeks back down to 12 weeks over the next couple of months. But, like, that is absolutely crazy to think. People, when a loved one gets sick and they're trying to uh, make accommodation and trying to, be, because they are trying to do their very, very best for those that they want to care for, their loved ones who need, who need care, be they, that's an elderly relative or a sibling or 
somebody that needs care and attention on a full-time basis. And they put in the application, and the application falls into this kind of ether. It goes, disappears for three or four months, and then uh, there's uh, um, information, looking for further information, and looking for clarification on different things. And I think like, that the very vast majority of people that come to me and that they fill their forms, they fill it with the, uh, give all the information. And anyway, a lot of the information is available through PPS numbers and through the information that the department would have in the first instance. But the minister then went on to say that these were medical forms and that, you know, uh, and that's why they were taking more time. And then they changed the medical assessment form last year for more detail, which will take more time for it to process. And I think that, you know, when the GP puts down that this person needs uh, full-time care and assistance, and in many instances it's a, uh, it's a medical consultant that put down these information, that should be fairly well fast-tracked through the department. And the question I put, was there a shortage of staff in the carers alone section and the carers benefit section? And if you take it in, you know, a lot of the times you see applications that have delayed that they are specifically designed to save the state money. But if these applications are approved, it is backdated to the date of the application. But you have the carer, the person that's providing care, in a limbo. They may have made decisions to reduce their working hours. They can walk up to 15 hours. They reduce their working hours. They have to go to the employer to see, can that be walked into their, the, the employer schedule to reduce their hours? And they are without income then for 12, 14, 16, and now 18 or 19 weeks. And I am going to continue to raise this because we've seen it numerous times in the constituency office, the amount of pain and anxiety that that is causing families. And I suppose if you take it on the overall sense, then, you know, the carers, you know, uh, many members of government would have said to me when I asked the question, you know, that carers provide care and, you know, cost saving to the state, but they don't seem to do anything about it. And if you have somebody who is receiving care in their own home and that they get their uh, uh, carers allowance for their family member and they are saving the taxpayer a huge amount of money because if they had to go into full-time care into a nursing home that would mean that the state would be paying through the fair deal for those people so it makes no economic sense and I think that my question would be that there needs to be an absolute root and branch appraisal of the carers allowance now we're heading into the period for the care support of the old respite care grant, which is normally paid in the first week of June. And people are, are applying for that. And people that might not qualify for the carer's allowance are applying for that. And the stringent difficulties and uh, uh, questions that they are put through to get this care. Like many, many people are providing care in their own home for loved ones and they're receiving no a monetary value for it, but they should get the, the care support grant or the respite care grant. But going back to the question you asked me, right, there is huge concern, and I'm meeting it every day of the week in, in the, by walk through the constituency and on the ground that there are people that are waiting for care allowance. And many would ask you when they are making decisions as a family or as a unit, they're making decisions to provide care, what they're going to do for their loved one, be it a sibling or be it a little relative or a child that needs special care. And they are going to make a decision and then they say, well, what about the carers alone? And even the carers benefit, which is a stamp-based, uh, you know, you t- 
take leave of absence from your work and you get the carer's benefit, which is based upon the stamps that you have paid in. And that has the waiting times as well, the waiting list as well. And I don't see, with all the platitudes that are being offered, I don't see any serious attempt by government to say, right, we have an issue here on the carer's allowance, the carer's support or the carer's benefit, and we need to put extra staff and resources in it. And if you look at other parts of, of uh, social welfare where the claims have gone down over recent years and reapply and put more people into the care support to make sure that the care application is given priority and people that are making the best possible uh, decisions for their loved ones and for their family circumstances that they are given priority and that the applications are made without any cumbersome and we have the same in relation to medical cards where people are very seriously ill and they have to go to a financial assessment before the medical assessment is uh, adjudicated on and that needs to be looked at but this morning I want to say on the CARES support the CARES allowance and the CARES benefit it is not acceptable to allow from what it was two years ago, which was completely unacceptable 12 weeks, now going to 18 or 19 weeks. That's not acceptable. And you mentioned there about people under financial pressure. That's one thing we heard over the weekend from people who are experiencing the long delays, have reduced hours of work, obviously taken reduced money, and now they don't have the extra shortfall they would have got from the carer's allowance and that would be coming from the support grant to keep the household going, looking after their loved ones. So one other thing there, you mentioned about the delays and, and that they're asking for more medical forms and medical reports, even though they would have got that from a GP or consultant. Are they getting to a stage whereby they're really checking out every single applicant. It's like they don't really believe what's coming in and they want to make sure that everybody is telling the truth. Have we seen a lot of people being denied the carers allowance over well, the last well? we have seen a few instances, um, a few instances where I've seen refusal of carers allowance and it beggars belief the instances that have been adjudicated um, on to refuse the carers allowance. And a lot of that then goes into appeal and you have to go before the appeals officer of the Department of Social Welfare and there's a huge delay then in appeals. Some instances, there's a 12-month delay in appeals. So if you get an application, if a family member makes a decision to go caring for their relative, they put in the application. The application takes 12 to 14 weeks. If it's refused, it goes in for an appeal. And at that stage, then, the the, the applicant or the carer is making a decision. So I can't keep this going. Financially, I'm under savage pressure to try and make ends meet. I can't do this. And the person then has to go into long-term care. So on the round, in terms of the state, in terms of the benefit to the uh, person that needs full-time care and assistance, in terms of the person that the, 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 the state's cost as well, it makes no economic sense. And they should be prioritised. They should be a priority given that carers, uh, you know, they do invaluable work invaluable work right across this I know you know as well from the work that you do there in your programme John and the, the, con, the calls that come in she, you understand that, that they, they do invaluable work and they do need like sometimes a carer is a very lonely position it's a very isolated position mm-hmm. and they have 24 hour care needs and they, they, they're looking for you know an acknowledgement in the first instance 
but also an acknowledgement that they are a payment as well. And I do think that the state needs to be very mindful, very, 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 very mindful that uh, carers will have to be a priority. And like there was an issue there in relation to records for social uh, welfare, for people to get the records to get their pension entitlements. And I kept raising it week after week after week in the door until they got completely annoyed with me. And it, I am committed to raising this again because it is vital, you know, for cohesion within the state, cohesion within, you know, families in various circumstances, they need people that are looking after their loved ones, they have care in needs, and they want to do the very, very best for them. And in often instances, they don't apply to the state for anything, they just continue with their, and, you know, there's many good supports, um, uh, backups in home health and district nurse and all those are doing exceptional work. But in the instance where they have to have carers, I think that we have to prioritise it. And if we are serious about community care, all the language is coming now about community care, community facilities, that's all coming out and being talked about. But it's not being matched by action. And like uh, Minister Doherty was very at lib uh, last Wednesday when I asked this question again. Uh, the tarnish of the week before, you know, didn't even acknowledge that there was a crisis in relation to applications. And I'm going to continue to raise it because I feel passionately, passionately about that they should be given priority and that they should be dealt with in an appropriate fashion. Okay, and I know you mentioned this, but Maura on text, uh, when she has got her application in, she's still waiting for it to be processed, but she wants to know, do they backdate that to the date of her application to do, don't they? They will backdate it. Yeah. So there's no saving. When a person is approved, it, there's no saving to the state. And it's actually, that's the mind-boggling thing. Mm. You know, a lot of it, you know, it is backdated from the date the application is made. Okay, before I let you go, Michael, something else that uh, came up over the weekend, a lot of uh, callers this morning, uh, not not happy and condemning uh, this group. You might have heard of them, Sierra, the Republican group. Uh, They were marching in Barrack Street and Bandon Road in the city over the weekend. Uh, They say they were marching uh, to commemorate the anniversary of the Easter Rising. Of course, a lot of criticism because of what's happened in Derry over the last few days, and especially last Thursday with the murder of journalist Lira McKee. Uh, I presume because the people in the North even have come out and come in and no one wants to go back to violence in this particular country we've had the Good Friday Agreement Brexit some may feel is spurring this on a bit because it is showing a divide across the UK and Ireland because of what's happening with the Brexit negotiations but outside of that no one wants to go back the road of having violence anywhere in this country and do you feel that groups like Syria Republican groups have their place in Ireland these days many of our callers are saying you know our culture has changed now we, we, we certainly commemorate what happened in the past we don't need to do it in this sort of way. No, we have to be very mindful of those that went out and fought for Irish freedom and gave us the freedom that we have today and took on, you know, a massive challenges. You know, uh, it, it volunteers that went on and took on the might of the British Empire to give us the peace that we have today. And all of the things that happened right through from the early part of the 1900s right through to 1923, 1925, all of that has to be commemorated. And we have done a very good job in commemorating them right through 2016. There was many commemorations right across this country, not just 
commemorating those that fought in in the, the GPO in 1916, but all those that community groups right across the country, and it was very dignified. But what has happened is we have a vacuum created in the north of Ireland with the whole Brexit and with the, the, the uh, assembly not up and running. And unfortunately, if we go right back to the start of the Troubles, when there was direct rule from uh, Westminster back in the late 60s, early 70s, a vacuum was created, and that was filled by violence. And there's no question. And I mean, the biggest issue on Brexit is, you know, if there is a hard border put on this island between North and South, you know, in my own personal opinion, it would only take days or weeks before we would have parliamentary-style violence coming back on. And we can't go back there. You know, the, an awful lot of people have invested hugely in peace. And a lot of people on both sides have brought their people with them to say that we need to be talking. And if and they need to be talking because all issues need to be discussed. And there are challenges there for the north of Ireland, for the south of Ireland. And we have you know, dignified commemorations are very important. But what happened in Derry last week, you know, if you look at the murals that were written all over, it's not in our name. They are Republican nationalists, people that have invested an awful lot of their time and their families over the last, during the troubled times and before it. But they have written on their murals, not in our name. I think that's a very strong message to say that we don't want to return to violence. And there are people all over the island that are begging and praying that the Good Friday Agreement, which was the foundation for what we've had today, and the achievement of an awful lot of people to have a normal life and achieve an awful lot in the normal life, whilst commemorating those who have died, but at the same time, we cannot create a vacuum. And if a vacuum comes on, we have no doubt, but the, I, my personal belief is that it will be filled by violence, and we have to be very careful to make sure that the Brexit negotiations reflect very well on Ireland and we have to make sure that we bring everybody with us north and south. And there is, you know, there are many issues facing society, but issues that can be developed and can be understood and can be negotiated in a democratic forum or by talking to each other. And that's the strength of democracy. And we can have all the questions we'd like about politicians and, you know, some people say they should be all put into one building and blown up and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, we need to make sure that we have people talking to each other and that concerns and issues that are there need to be addressed and make sure that we don't create a border for any parliamentary side people to to infringe that border and to take over and maybe, you know, heighten the tensions that are there. And like it is very near the surface, the tensions that are there, and we need to be very mindful. But I think the, the, the striking element for me from the murals in Derry over the weekend, not in our name. And I take that very much because these are strong Republican and nationalist people that have these murals and they are saying not in our name. And I think that we have to respect and observe what they are saying. You're right. And there's no appetite there anywhere in the country to go back to those times again. Michael, for the moment, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, that is. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. It's a Cork North West Fianna Fáil Deputy Michael Moynihan and if you've been affected by those delays in carers allowance applications as well let us know here at 1850 On the way we're going to hear about positive living groups especially for men operating across the county One started last year in Middleton We'll hear indeed how that particular group are faring at the moment and we're going to hear about a new positive living group uh, which is going to come to Bandon in the next few weeks That's next Cork today on C103 Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 2103 103. A positive living group for men will commence on Monday evenings in Bandon beginning with an open evening next Monday. This follows on from similar meetings held in Middleton last year. Tom Conlon, a psychotherapist, is setting up these meetings and joins me as does one of those who attended the meetings in Middleton over the last while. But first, we'll say good morning to Tom. Good morning, Tom. And thanks for joining us. Now, when you spoke to me last year, you had a lot of interest came from other areas of Cork who wanted to set up these men's groups in their own towns. Now, first of all, the reason you were setting these up, and a lot of people who were discussing this at length on the show for a number of years, was because men in particular weren't opening up about certain issues. There was a lot of talk about loneliness and isolation in certain areas. And this really, these groups were to better men's health. From that in set up in Middleton. Have you noticed now that more men have come forward to those groups and do you think groups like this are going to get more popular not only here in Cork but across the country to, to better men's mental health? Yeah, it's a good question. I think that the, the key issues here are accessibility, okay, making it accessible for people and making it affordable. So, you know, that there's an issue about affordability and also with regard to groups like this, I also emphasise autonomy which is that at the end of the day these groups are run essentially for the people who are in them, you know, and uh, so the, the so with those three points, uh, I think what's actually happened with the, the group in Middleton is it achieved those objectives. Uh, it worked very well with a very coherent group, a cohesive group, and uh, which Barry can talk a little bit about. But, uh, um, but essentially as well, that, that I have had interest, um, in fact, after into the last time, there was a direct request to run one down in West Cork. So I, I think that's part of the reason that I'm looking to do one in Bandon, essentially, is to sort of, if, you know, to to check out whether this is something that will run in West Cork. I believe it will. And we have had take-off for the, the meeting next Wednesday, next Monday. And men in general, do you think men are getting better about opening up about their feelings or what's on their mind? The younger generation, a lot of people will say are, but a lot of the older generation are not as much uh, good at opening up and, and saying what really is affecting them. And then when they hold it all in or bottle yeah. it in, it does affect their mental health. Well, I, I think the, the key thing here is being listened to effectively. I, I think that... Um, you know, it's one thing to talk, but we need it to be heard somewhere. And I, I think that, 
you know, and again, Barry can speak to this, but I think the experience in the group is that, is that you know, as people opened up, uh, they were being listened to attentively by by others in the group, but also as people were listening, you, you get an insight into your own condition as well in the sense that there are things that people say that will resonate with you, you know, so I, I think that worked very well in terms of a, yeah, being able to speak, but also being being listened to. So I think that's the that's the, the magic, really, in, in a group like this uh, that um, getting listened to. You mentioned Barry there. Barry did attend the group in Middleton, the Positive Living Group. Barry joins me on the line. Good morning to you, Barry. Uh, good morning, JP. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Now, why, first of all, did you feel the need to go along to one of these groups? Um, well, I was just walking down the street there one day and i just seen that flyer, Tom's flyer. And like that, the subject matter of what he was going on about, I suppose, really resonated. That's the right word, I suppose. And I was just thinking, do you know what? Um, I've had a kind of a up, up and down kind of medical history with some of the stuff he's been on about. And I said, do you know what? I, I probably should take better care of myself. And uh, see, like, knowing what to do for your own health is one thing, but actually, like, exercising self-care is something different. And uh, having a constant weekly reminder to look after yourself is really helpful. And when you went along and there was other strangers there in that particular group, I mean, for some people like yourself, Barry, going along, just making the decision in your own mind to go in the door of these meetings is a huge step. Oh yeah, like um, like you're essentially the first night you're in you're in a room with a lot of strangers, and um, I suppose even Tom himself, like you know, we're, we're we get on great now. But I suppose initially I was like, kind of, who's this guy? Um, and you know, being able to sit in a room with a lot of strangers and open up about your past and you know your fears and all that kind of stuff. It's tricky at the start, you know. Yeah, and a lot of people will see, you mentioned there, you said, Tom, who's this guy? A lot of people will feel like that. They'll, they'll look at counsellors and those professions and feel, no, you know, they're not for me, they can't help me, and they'll have a negative and get their back up straight away. Uh, was that something that maybe you feel, not only men, but everybody in society, it's, a, it's an attitude we need to get away from? That's definitely a fear that people have. And you see, like, the standard medical model with mental health as well, like, they're definitely doing the best they can. But when you go in to access mental health services through the traditional route, there really is no avenue for somebody listening to you. Um, because A, they probably don't have time, and B, they probably don't have the inclination to, because um, maybe some of the content of what you're saying would be kind of, you know, you'd be, like, you, know you wouldn't be coherent to what you're saying. I suppose people presenting to doctors in mental health trouble, they'd be quite hard to listen to anyway, because they'd be quite worked up, you know. Um, yeah. But I, when they're when they're in a group with men, I suppose if you're in a calm setting, you're sitting around, you're probably more more open to talking. Do you know? And when you attended your first meeting, and even the the three or four after that, when you were in that particular room, did you feel yourself that you could open up more? And by you opening up more and talking, others then did the same, and, and they opened up more. And when you left, did you feel a, a side of relief that you could actually remind yourself that this is what we need to do to better our mental health? Uh, but did you also feel we helped others within the group? Oh, like, yeah, it was huge relief. Like, it took me a while to talk now because I'd be kind of slow to trust people, you know? Because hmm. you're kind of like, who's that guy sitting across from me? Am I going to see him now next week on the street? He's gonna, is he going to talk about you know, what's talked about in the meeting? But it's, it's 100% confidential what you're speaking about. We used to be joking. We used to, we used to call it Fight Club. Right, the number the number one of fight club is that you don't talk about fight club. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, I found I I did I did not expect such a benefit from actually me listening to other people. Um, I suppose you go to the meeting because you want to talk, and you actually probably gain more from listening. 
because you have all these problems in your head, like real problems and perceived problems. But then when you're sitting down across from like five or six other people, when they're all on about the same stuff, you're like, actually, do you know what? Everybody has problems. And without getting into anything too personal, when you're sitting there and talking, what are those problems? I mean, we mentioned there are people who feel they're isolated or are lonely because they might never have met the right person. They're living on their own. And a group like this is a positive for them because they might leave work at five o'clock or whatever time they leave work at. But their own personal life is mulling around in their head and they're asking, should I have done X, Y, Z over the years? That's just one example we got when we spoke about these meetings the last times. Are these type of conversations that open up about what's going on in your life or is there something else as well that people open up about? Yeah, well, like, um, everybody, say everybody in every group, everybody has their own standard set of normal problems, you know, money, mm. sleep, mm. Uh, kids, relationships, all that kind of stuff. But then, see, those problems can be really, really compounded and they feel really heavy if you've got a couple of medical problems weighing you down as well or mental health problems. And you get into a tricky situation then when your your problems might be 10% real and 90% self-imposed. Um, and then you're really in trouble because the, like the, the volume of those negative thoughts in your head can be so overpowering that it can be very hard for people to function. And, you know, that old adage there that a problem shared is a problem halved. I used to go into these meetings hugely stressed out about things. And then coming out, you're like, actually, do you know what? A, when I bounced it off the guys inside, it didn't really seem that bad. You know, when I said it out loud, and they were like, oh, yeah, that's okay. Or, oh, that's all right. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you were upset this morning. That's okay, Barge. Everybody gets upset. Or, um, but you definitely find whatever whatever problem you bring into this group, by the time you go out the door, it's going to be 10% as severe. So um, as the phrase goes, it's good to talk. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, literally, you'd be buzzing coming out of the group because... You'd be all stressed out. Everybody was all stressed out, all worked up going in. You come out, you're like, actually, I don't really remember what I was so upset about. And, and you know, obviously, there might be men listening who have just gone, just what you're saying, they are, had that in their heads at the moment, have something mulling over, whereby it's it's a very good point where you said it might be 10% of reality, but 90% in your head is making the situation worse. Uh, would you encourage anybody in your situation, anybody of any age group who is worried, who doesn't feel they can talk to anybody, who, who wants to leave a meeting like that and feel like whatever worries in their mind is now gone and they're in a better place for that, to go along to these meetings, especially people unconscious who maybe are shy or who feel that they wouldn't be comfortable walking into a group like this? I would say definitely go to a meeting like this, like just like this, because um, a lot of people in our group were shy. I was quiet enough myself. But what happens is, uh, you know, you get 10 minutes in, someone cracks a joke. It kind of breaks the tension. And once, once you feel people are on your side and willing to listen to you, and also not being judged, like, you know, you can say whatever you want in these meetings and nobody's going to judge you for it. Do you know? Like, mm. nobody, and nobody cares, like, about your real life. Do you know? Nobody's going to come looking for you in your workplace. Nobody's going to bother you. Um, like, it doesn't really matter who the person is. Like, you know, there could be someone sitting across the way from you. You don't really care what age they are, what to do for a living. You're just listening to them as a person. And yeah, there's no every, judging. And, and everybody, everybody deserves to be respected. And you definitely get respect in a group like this. And like to get respect and give someone your respect. Like when someone shares their story with you, you might check in at the beginning of a meeting for five minutes. What happened to you this week? When that person finishes, everyone just goes, do you know what? Thank you. Thanks for telling us that. 
Yeah, well, you're a good insight to how those meetings go and how they can improve someone's mental health. Uh, uh, Tom, a lot of positives there from Barry's experience. And Barry, thank you for sharing on that. Uh, sure. I suppose we, we might live, and Barry, I'm sure you'd agree with this, in a negative society when you look online and social media. You know, there's so much good there, but also, like every part of life, there's a lot of negativity as well. And that can drive that into people's minds. Uh, Tom, for those who want to go along to the night in Bandon and the meeting in Bandon, how did it get in touch with you and, and where is it on? Yeah, well, it's on and on Tuberine, which is in Station Road uh, in Bandon. Uh, we're going to meet there from 6.30 to 8 o'clock next Monday. Um, uh, you know, if people can turn up if they wish. Uh, alternatively, what, what I'd appreciate if people could let me know in advance. Uh, the, the event is on Eventbrite. It's also on Facebook. Or people can call me on 086-368-8824. That's 086-368-8824. So it's a, uh, that initial meeting is a free meeting. Uh, we look forward to seeing it there. Um, there, there, there will be somebody from the Middleton group to come along and actually pretty much what Barry has done to explain what it's about um, there will be some other health practitioners there as well um, so it's an opportunity to come and just get a, a taster essentially for what this thing might be about you know so uh, from the off and um, so we, we look forward to seeing you there um, you know as I said we've had a number of people already signed up for the, the open evening there is space left so uh, we're glad to have you well, it's a good insight, uh, Barry, on, on what actually happens there in those meetings. And Tom, thank you for for taking time out to join us this morning and setting up those because I'm sure you can hear it as well in Barry's voice, Tom, the, the positive effect it does have a minute. Hopefully that will uh, inspire others to go along and, and help people. That's the main thing of this, well, to help people. And I think Barry made a really valuable point there. Wouldn't you, it'll always be different when you speak it out. It, mm. it, it's always going to be different. And I think having the space to speak it out and then to be listened to I think it's invaluable so that's what this group will will provide Okay, well thank you for that Barry thank you for sharing and also uh, Tom thanks for joining us best of luck with that particular meeting in Bandon that is Tom Conlon there a psychotherapist from East Cork and Barry who was attending one of those positive living group meetings for men held in Middleton they will be holding one in Bandon and that's on next Monday evening and on top of on on Station Road in Bandon 1850-333-103 lines open Good afternoon to you it's John Paul McNamara in for Patricia Messenger right through until 1 and Bernie takes your comments 1850 333103 or indeed you can text at WhatsApp 0862103103 on the way we're going to hear and speak to our own uh, show counsellor here uh, Joe Heffernan and this is discussing irrational thoughts and how to reboot those particular thoughts anyhow we'll, we'll speak with Joe on irrational thoughts shortly on the programme also in a while I've got a, an email in over the weekend from uh, Hannah who lives in Mallow uh, not happy with leaflets she got in her door from Cork County Council uh, Cork County Council warning dog owners they need to be responsible uh, with their dog's dirt. Anyhow, that to come between now and one plus your calls and comments and a lot of them this morning to do with driver behaviour. And this was whereby a lot of people who were out and about over the weekend enjoying the sunshine, driving from one destination to another, really noticed people looking down rather than looking up, looking down on their phones and not concentrating or looking at the road, which is even more worrying to think that people were out there not looking on where they were going and more interested to see what was on their phones. I know we always hear this when we're speaking about phone use while driving and people stopped at junctions and people are stopped at a traffic light or at a junction and looking down but this is actually people driving along the road and then looking down at their phone while they're doing 80k or 100k on a road anyhow on that earlier Anne was on 
And Anne felt herself uh, while she was driving over the weekend that she noticed more females doing this than males uh, on the road. This leads to Michael who is texting in saying on road behaviour I agree with your previous texter Anne on female drivers. I have noticed females are far more aggressive on the roads and just don't keep their distance etc and just feel they own the road. No consideration for others says Michael on text to 0862103103 while John and Cove uh, feeling similar he feels maybe we should introduce new laws into this country similar uh, to what was in Saudi Arabia feels John he says yes female drivers are on their phones while driving more than others and also on their phones while crossing the roads it's getting a bit ridiculous says John well on mentioning Saudi Arabia actually uh, women are now allowed to drive there because they've issued their first driving licences within the last year so uh, you can't be bringing those laws into this country but just want to hear your view on that Anne was the first of that uh, text regarding the female male driver situation she feels uh, over the weekend while she was driving that more females were on their phone driving than males but also uh, earlier on from that we heard more uh, calls and texts from people who were just shocked at the level of behaviour on our roads across the weekends, mainly due to people, uh, even though Anne was saying more females uh, and a few agreeing with her, but we had calls from people, whether it's male or female, who were on the road across the weekends and noticed all sexes basically driving and looking down rather than looking up, looking down at their phones and not concentrating on the road. So if you were out and about across the weekends enjoying the sunshine but then driving along the road and you were swerving in near the ditch to avoid a car uh, coming ahead because the car is in the middle of the road and then the car swerves back and you notice the reason it was because the driver wasn't concentrating on the road and too busy looking at their phone. Uh, is it getting worse in Cork or are certain drivers worse than others? Let us know. 1850. 333103 text or WhatsApp 0862103103 on the issue of those marches across the weekend these were the marches that was held on Barrack Street and Bandon Road here in the city by Sierra uh, a lot of condemnation for those uh, a lot of people criticising these particular marches mainly because of what happened in Derry last week but also people feel now there's no time or place for those particular marches yes commemorations happen uh, for like for the Easter rising we had uh, official commemorations taking place across the country but these particular marches many feel no need for them we've moved on yes we do commemorate our history uh, but we do it in a respectful manner uh, not in the way some of these marches were carried out is what Maura is saying also a texter saying those oh, those marchers are so brave they all had to hide their faces cowards all of them says that particular texter uh, while staying with the issue of those particular marches across the weekend they were held to in Dublin John O'Donovan in the city says we should all try to ignore the real IRA it will only encourage more people to join also there is nobody in Stormont's at the moment so why then are all the politicians getting paid their wages the vacuum is being filled by the hardliners says John uh, in the city while uh, John in Middleton agrees with what Michael Moynihan says he says I do agree that we should respect and commemorate our history but do so in a respectful manner and that is respectful to all in society uh, but also that respects those who fought for Irish freedom those particular marches you mentioned at the weekend by Sarah I don't think they will represent those people that fought for Ireland a number of years ago those people today 
in those particular zero groups and in the real IRA. All those are a different breed uh, than those who fought for Irish freedom a number of years ago, says John. While uh, Kay says these particular marches, no need for them. I hope uh, that what happened in Derry last week and seeing these type of marches again on our streets doesn't bring back violence in this country. Surely by now, these groups and these people realise nobody in this country, north or south, wants to go back to violence we experienced in the 70s, 80s and 90s in this country. Communities in the north are able to move on, so surely we should do the same here in the south, says Kay on text 0862103103. I mentioned there earlier and we spoke with Barry Holland regarding how Cormac Shuri now is to be introduced into the Wild Atlantic Way route. Well, on that, Councillor Paul Hayes saying that he welcomes that particular news uh, that Cormac will be now part of the official route of the Wild Atlantic Way in time for the summer season this year. He said himself and his colleagues in Cork County Council will continue to lobby though for the whole of the Seven Heads Peninsula to be added to the official route. Businesses in Cork McSherry have invested heavily in their facilities over the last two years in the hope of reaping the benefits of being on the Wild Atlantic Way and other businesses on the peninsula are waiting to invest and improve their offering to visitors if added to the route. In the addition of the Seven Heads Peninsula to the Wild Atlantic Way was one of the first motions that he put down on his agenda when he was joining Cork County Council back in 2014. It got huge support from all in Cork County Council and the council has spent approximately €2 million Euros to date improving the road network on the proposed route with more improvements on the way in the pipeline for that area. The Tourism Promotion Committee and Development Association in Cork Mac have done Trojan work to put together a full calendar of events to continue to work with Falter Ireland to market events and attractions. But now, uh, Paul says, we do need Falter Ireland, the Minister for Tourism, Brendan Griffin, and indeed others involved in the National Review of the route to support our bid for a full inclusion on the route so that all the villages along the way can benefit from the world-renowned tourism initiative, uh, says uh, Councillor Paul Hayes, who of course is in uh, Cork McSherry. Thank you for your text, Paul. So much development there and indeed much support to include that particular area of West Cork on the Wild Atlantic Way. I suppose now you have the Wild Atlantic Way region and we're seeing more areas, even though some might not agree, we're seeing more areas like uh, McCroom and areas of North Cork now being incorporated into the Wild Atlantic Way by way of the Wild Atlantic Way region, as they're calling that. We spoke earlier to uh, Cork Northwest Deputy Michael Moynihan on carers' allowance and a number of people have been uh, questioning why there is delays in the allowance. In, people might make contact with the department and they're told, yes, we are processing your claim, we are processing your query, but it hasn't been processed yet. Now, it seems a lot of medical, even though you send in your medical records and questionnaires that they send out to you regarding the medical support that you are caring for, the person you're caring for, that is, um, still more information is being required from the department on that And that is where people are getting frustrated at because they have sent in consultant reports and GP reports, but still it seems the department want more. Anyhow, Elizabeth saying, yes, I totally agree with callers earlier on. I'm in the same position. I'm waiting over three months to hear anything back uh, regarding where my allowance for carers is at at this stage. They keep sending me back reports 
and forms to be refilled by my GP. I do that and it seems that once I send them back again, I'm waiting a further six weeks. So if I send something back today, Elizabeth says it could be the end of May by the time I get a response because if I ring in the meantime, they keep saying we've just received that new form from you. So we must now go and process that with the rest of your application, which means then that delays that further by another six to eight weeks. So I dread when I get a form in the door saying they require further information, says Elizabeth. And on carers, Mary in Middleton is a pensioner and a carer and she says the carer's allowance is cut in half if you were a pensioner and she feels that that's much tougher because it's harder to be a carer when you are pension age and not to mind then having the allowance cut as well for some it's not a good thing to do uh, says Mary in Middleton on text 0862 103 103 more calls and texts on various issues we'll get to those in a while but just when I get to an email uh, from Hannah uh, in Mallow and she got a particular leaflet in the door from Cork County Council over the weekend and she said this leaflet was stating dog owners need to be responsible and bag and bin dog's poo which is fine and she says I agree with that. The thing is in certain areas of Mallow nearly all of Mallow there are no bins. For example on the Cork Road in Mallow there is one bin but in the town park in Mallow there is no bin. A lot of dog walkers will choose to walk on the Cork Road in Mallow or indeed in the park but only one bin available to them if they go that route. So does this mean dog owners have to carry around the dog poo with them for the entire walk when no bins are provided? I agree. I do not agree with dog dirt on our footpaths but surely this does not happen if we have more bins provided in our area. Otherwise the problem will continue. It's unfair to find people €150 if there is no bin in the area. Again, I don't agree with dog dirt. I think it's wrong and it's bad to do that and walkers should not let their dogs dirt on a main street or on a main public area. But again, it's wrong to find people if there's nowhere to push the dog dirt, says Hannah in Mallow to JP at C103.ie. Do you agree with Hannah on that? She is being responsible and she feels it's wrong to let your dog dirt on a footpath or indeed uh, on a public walkway or in the park or anything like that. But for her, she says in Mallow, one bin on the Cork to, on the Cork Road in Mallow where a lot of people walk their dogs, none in the town park. So she does raise uh, a question if if the dog decides to go and do his business as you just about set off your walk uh, then do you carry that around with you for the entire walk because there's no bin provided in the area according to Hannah only one on the Cork Road so what do you make of that if Cork County Council she says are sending in these leaflets uh, to uh, dog owners in Mallow and I presume everybody living in the Mallow area got this leaflet and I presume other towns as well have got this leaflet that is encouraging people to bag and bin and there's a picture of a dog on the particular leaflet and it shows the dangers as well that dog dirt can cause to people uh, to children and also to wheelchair users and many more uh, but without providing the necessary locations for a bin is it wrong to do and send these out to people who own dogs uh, Hannah posing that question uh, what do you feel on that do you live in Mallow do you feel there's a lack of bins for dog dirt in the Mallow area and are other towns similar to Mallow and have you received that leaflet in other towns across Cork from Cork County Council asking dog owners to be responsible and bag and bin it and avoid an 150 euro fine but then if you've nowhere to bin it what happens 
do you have to take it home with you or carry it for your entire walk? Anyhow, Hannah posing that question. Your views are welcome. 1850-333-103 or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Also in the way, I must give you a word of warning because a new group has come to Ireland and they're targeting vulnerable pensioners when they go shopping. I'll tell you about that in a few minutes. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. Ella B is a motivational speaker and author who speaks about her experience with depression and how she deals with it in her own life. She'll be speaking in the Churchill Mill Street and that's on tomorrow evening at 8 o'clock. A public information meeting is going to be held at O'Donovan's Hotel in Clonakilty tomorrow evening at 8 o'clock where everyone in the community interested in the mayoral election is encouraged to attend. A table quiz in aid of the Rowing Club in Fermoy will be held tomorrow evening at 7.30 in aid of four local girls going to row in the Regatta in Germany in a few weeks. The blood transfusion service will hold donor clinics in Trassa in Canturk. That's on Thursday from 3 to 5 and again from 7 to 9 and dancing to Dave Ray Band and PJ Murray Band in the Hazel Tree in Mallow is going ahead on Monday the 29th of April all in aid of the Chernobyl Orphanage. Great raffle also on the night. Dukas and Clonakilty Heritage Group they will host Faulkner McCarthy in the Parish Hall in the Parish centre that is on Thursday and that will be starting there at 8.30. The talk will be on the story of Clonakilty Agricultural Show Society and Gagan Community Hall Fields Committee will hold a fundraising table quiz in the Ash Tree in Old Chapel near Bandon. That's going ahead this Friday and it starts at 8.30. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And Justin Hannah in Mallow, who was inquiring about the leaflet she got from Cork County Council, uh, stating dog owners need to be responsible and bag and bin dogs poo, which she af- is, agrees with that and, and she's fine with that, but she feels uh, there's a lack of bins in the Mallow area. And the main p- place where people walk in Mallow on the Cork Road, she said, has only one bin and there's none in the town park in Mallow, so she feels it's wrong then to be issuing these leaflets when there's no place to bin the dog dirt but she does agree and, and isn't in agreement uh, with what people are doing letting their dogs dirt and does agree with what the council is doing but feels we don't have enough bins in some of our towns in Cork. A lot of other people in various towns have the same issues but one uh, WhatsApp person or somebody in WhatsApp, no name in this but says of course you take your rubbish home with you it's in a bag, you're not carrying it in your hand for God's sake the dog dirt that is. The shortage of bins is because the public have abused the service by putting their domestic refuse into them says that particular person on WhatsApp while Jonathan says yes I agree with Hannah there is a lack of bins uh, not only in Mallow but in other areas I walk in with my dog I realise you had the dog dirt in a bag but nowhere to put it until you come home that is fine but surely if they're issuing now all these rules and regulations and putting leaflets through the door uh, they should have some backup by having the proper facilities in places Jonathan who again agrees with what the council is doing and but feels uh, that they need to provide more services to back up what they are doing by way of fines says Jonathan on text 0862103103 and on that uh, Mary in Bandon says I listened to you about the issue of dog dirt and bins at the weekend I was walking in Bandon town and one of the public the street bins was full which is fine, but someone decided to go off and leave a bag of rubbish 
underneath the bin. Now Mary sent in a picture of this. We'll post it later on our Facebook page to get your reaction on this to see exactly what Mary is on about. Basically it's a, it's a street bin but someone has come along and dumped a bag of rubbish just right next to the bin on a footpath in Bandon. And, and then have walked off. So the, I don't know if, if the area where that bin is has CCTV or not, but because the bin was full, uh, and I presume the bin was full to the top, I'm not sure how, how full the bin was, but because the bin was full, uh, this person decided to just leave the rubbish outside the bin and walk off. And this is the better one just coming in from John, who said, I don't know where John is living, but where he lives, he says the reason why some of the bins have been taken away, as we all know, is because people, people misuse the bins. But for uh, when he means misuse the bins, uh, putting their domestic rubbish into the bin. But uh, this one is similar to what Mary saw in Bandon, uh, but it's, uh, again, someone dumping rubbish in a bag next to the bin, not because the bin was full. The bin wasn't full, John says. It's just because the new bins have a smaller hole at the top for you to put your rubbish into. And because of that, people cannot dispose of their domestic rubbish as they used to before. They can't shove it all in because the the inlet and the hole is too small. Uh, So what happens? They just left the rubbish bag next to the bin and walked off. So that's an example. I'm not too sure where John is living, but uh, similar to what happened with Mary in Bandon in the bin she saw, uh, John making the point there uh, that his bin wasn't full. And yet, they left the rubbish outside the bin because they couldn't fit the rubbish in the small hole and the reason they made the uh, hole smaller in the bin was to deter people from domestic rubbish dumping in those street bins. So that's what seems to be happening rubbish-wise across the weekend. Anyhow, in some towns, your calls and comments are welcome on that. 1850-333-103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. I just want to bring to your attention something that's been reported this morning in the Irish Daily Mail and it's seemingly a new uh, gang that have come into Ireland and a new... uh, uh, you couldn't call it a scam, but maybe, well, I suppose you could call it a scam in some ways. So this is how elderly women are being targeted by this international pickpocket gang who are flying into Ireland and it seems they are spying on pensioners as they enter their pens and then what they do is they rob their bank cards afterwards in the shop car park. Similarly, Gardaí have been made aware of up to 30 reports of such of these robberies on older women. They seem to be targeting women, older women more than men on this one. And since the beginning of the year, it seems as many as five different gangs have been operating mainly so far in the east of the country. But we give warning to this because as we all know, once they start operating in one part of the country, they will move down and go elsewhere. So there's a fear they could come south here to us in Cork. Well, the gang, what they do is uh, when you're in the supermarket and you're doing your shopping and some people may be getting money out of the ATM or indeed some people might be paying by card at the actual shop till, the gangs will stand nearby or behind the particular older person and they will memorise their pin code. And this could, I'm just thinking this could be anybody, to be honest, uh, because no matter what age you are, you could be caught by this. Uh, so it's a warning for everybody. But anyhow, when you're in the supermarket or at the ATM within the supermarket, you know the in-store ATMs at one of those, they're handing you around, they're watching you putting your pin code, they're memorising this particular pin code when you either get the money from the ATM or indeed pay for your groceries at the till. 
What happens then is though, once you go outside, a female member of the gang will distract you and they will ask somebody, oh, hi, I'm new to the area here and I'm just here for the day or something like this. Do you know how I get to X, Y, Z? They start asking for directions and while you are giving them directions and explaining how to get to this particular place they're looking to get to, another member of the gang is taking out your cars, out of your actual purse or wallet or whatever and then because they know the pen number they're going off they're inserting it into an ATM they're getting a lot of money out and it seems for some people they haven't been aware of this for a few days afterwards and then they get their or they cancel their car but it could be too late a lot of money could be taken out of the actual account at that stage so again we hear always about this kind of theft on our Garda file this is a new gang that now are targeting Ireland and even though it could happen to any age group they are targeting uh, pensioners and elderly women in particular in supermarkets who were using the in-store ATM or indeed more so paying at the cash out by card so inserting their debit or credit card at the cash out putting in the pin number and they're clearly enough even though a lot of those machines are covered over they're watching them input their pin number and then distract them outside the supermarket in the car park and when you're chatting to them Somebody else in the gang nicks the card and they go off and take money out. The gangs uh, seemingly are based in Romania and again the majority of the targets so far have been in the east of the country. There's been a few reports as well in Sligo and Meath and a few reports in Waterford over the last few days. So just a word of warning. I mean if they're in Waterford at this stage we're not too far away. It's, it's just a word of warning because when we hear of these particular um, scams we always think oh well they're up the country they won't come here and then we always get a call two or three days uh, later saying that this particular neighbour or my mother or someone has been scammed by this particular gang so just a word of warning out there to everybody who may be in in a situation whereby they know they have an elderly loved one who does go shopping does pay by card just be aware when you're in shops and cover your pin and be careful on what way you're entering your pin number because that gang a new gang out it's revealed this morning in the Irish Daily Mail and they have targeted a number of areas across the country so be aware of that 1850 lines open text or whatsapp 0862103103 we're discussing irrational thoughts as Joe Heffernan joins us next record today on C103 text or whatsapp Patricia with your comment 0862103103 and as usual on a Tuesday we're Joined by our regular councillor Joe Heffernan. Good afternoon to you, Joe. Hi, John Paul. And you had a, ni- a nice Easter. Very restful. That's yeah, good. Lovely. Um, a couple of the lads, the the our twin boys, <laughs> they're living in Cork, and um, they visited down for the couple of days. So it was lovely. We yeah. did very little, but. You know, we chilled out and we enjoyed it. Needs to be done. Have to relax. And uh, you're yeah. mentioning their family. A lot of people go home for Easter now. It's becoming uh, like a mini Christmas in a way. A lot of yeah. people go home and have, have their roast on a Sunday. I noticed that yeah. uh, from hearing from people across the weekend. Anyhow, the weather was good. So I think a lot of people did relax and enjoy themselves. And that's what it's all about. You need to rest the mind as well, Joe. Absolutely. Uh, but speaking of the mind, uh, something that many people might have in their mind a lot is irrational thoughts yeah. and how they can reboot those particular irrational thoughts. And this yeah. is something you're you're going to concentrate on today, Joe. But I suppose, first of all, when we say irrational thoughts, what do we mean by this? Well, um, I suppose, like, thoughts that um, uh, that are contrary to reality in a way. Um, maybe the very best way to, to illustrate that would be, say that first one there, everyone should like me and they should approve 
of what I do and etc. And if they don't, this is terrible. This is a catastrophe. Well, the rebuttal of that then is that, like, well, it's not possible for everyone to like and approve of us. Some people will, some people won't. And we we can't even be assured that any one particular person will even continue to like us. You know, a friendship can be there and, um, oh, I don't know, for one reason or another, either a wrong thing said or a misinterpretation of what one said or somebody is going through their own issues and therefore um, uh, uh, fall out with one, as it were. Um, do you know, like, um, I suppose we just got to accept that. Um, yeah, I mean, you have to, in outlines here, we'll get through as many as we can today, yeah. the uh, irrational thoughts and rebuttals of each of one of those particular thoughts. But not everybody clicks either. I mean, if it's meeting someone for the first time, you'll have a certain amount of people that will just click, that had the same way of thinking, that had the same way of, of addressing a situation, and they'll just click and they'll just get on. Whereas some people will have different mannerisms, and different way of doing things and because of that you might get on with them uh, for the sake of saying hello and having a short chat but if it was to go anywhere else as in go out for a night out or become friends with them then you might not be able to do that because you just could be totally different people Absolutely couldn't agree with you more and like um, if we try you know to please everyone well in a way then we might please no one especially ourselves so like you could one could lose one's identity, um, kind of like trying to be all things to all people. You could finish up saying, "Well, what do I believe in, and who am I, and like what wh- what are my values?" And you mightn't be able to answer it clearly if you've been kind of, uh, as I'll call it, going along to get along with everyone, um, because uh, we need to be kind of self-directed. We need to have some, um beliefs that we truly believe in and um i don't think we should be adjusting those uh from person to person just to kind of uh, to get along with a person that um you know that we should be able to hold our views and to express them i don't mean to try and persuade the other person that what i believe is the right thing but not to be either either afraid or ashamed to say well, the way I see it is, and to be able to um, to express our opinion about a thing, and if that happens to be even the absolute opposite of what the other person believes, fine, you know, it would be, a, as people say, it would be a very, very boring world if we all had the same... Uh, way of thinking. Way of thinking, yeah. yeah. And everybody should have a different opinion and be entitled to that particular opinion as well and they can argue it out but I suppose everybody then will feel if if, if somebody argues against them they might think oh, well that's it and I don't want to be friends with him anymore because he doesn't agree with me but that's not really how, how it works either. No, no, no. Sure. I mean, I remember um, a GP in Kentuck, um, Mick Smith, lovely man, lovely man and um, unfortunately he died quite young. Um, he, you know, he he had a, a cancer, and um, but he said to me one time, sure, he said, Joe, if we all told the absolute truth to one another all the time, he said there'd be nobody talking to anybody. Mm. Yet. And he's right, yeah. <laughs> so like we've to hold our ground um, with things that matter to us, but um, 
I think especially not to be critical of others. The other person is quite entitled to their point of view as well. And while it might be diametrically opposite to what we believe, they're still entitled to their Mm. view. Um, Yeah, that's true. And I think Facebook and Twitter and all of these things may have you could say hyped up that a bit over the years because you will see a lot of people giving out each other on those social forums whereby they feel everybody should have the same view as them and and no one else and not debate the view or that everybody should be in the same way of thinking as in everything you do in life as a certain person but everybody's made up differently and we all have our our different ways of saying things and doing things and how we live our lives and some people want to be out every weekend and some people want to stay inside and read a book and you you can't change that particular person. No, no, nor should anyone try to persuade the other person that their way is the is the right way and um, there is no right way there's an individual way and um especially with the likes of um do you know the way you'd often hear in ireland um uh say no discussion in the local pub or something to stay away from religion and politics yeah well <laughs> in a way that's right i mean if you think about it like people are blowing other people up you had 290 people killed in sri lanka now I mean, I I don't get it at all. Um, uh, Is this supposed to be about some aspect of God as those people understand it? And is it intolerable that somebody else has a different approach? I mean, that's so crazy. And God knows um, we we had that kind of a thing in the North for so long, uh, this business of, um, you know, a Catholic Protestant. And I mean, what does it matter? there, there, if there's a God, there's a God. And, um, you know, it's like if I'm going to Cork, I might go over an edge. You might decide to go through Mallow. But, I mean, what does it matter once we get to Cork? And, um, yeah, it, it's so horrible um, to see these outrages. Um, and and especially, um, you know, I, I would say sacrilegiously in the name of God, like these people are doing this. And, yeah, um, a lot of those conflicts, you're right, do go back to either religion or indeed to politics. Yeah. And I suppose the second one here that people might bring into that somewhat is the fact that people feel, well, they should always be able to be on top of everything that's discussed or everything they do and they should be successful. But, you know, that can't always be the case as well because there's always outline factors to whatever we do in life. Absolutely. And to be able to accept that, I mean, the the the, the serenity philosophy, uh, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Um, if we could go by that, like, we'd be really sorted because, um, you know, we... For example, like... Um, uh, in our work and in our daily lives, um, we, we have to accept that, um, you know, we're not always on top of things. We'll make the odd mistake. Um, uh, we uh, It doesn't make us incompetent and inadequate just because we got something wrong. And we can't always be on top of things. I mean, no one, absolutely no one is perfect. We've our weaknesses, our faults. And uh, do you remember the self-talk we used to talk about, um, uh, you know, the warrior, the critic, the perfectionist and the victim? Well, the perfectionist would give us a very hard time. It's kind of joining in there with the critic. Um, it must be perfect. It must be um it must be guaranteed uh, to to work and all that. I mean, that could drive you crazy because... Um, 
uh, it, it's good to accept that, um, you know, um, good enough is good enough. Um, once you can say to yourself in the evening, I did my best today, you're, you're, you're in a good place. Um, and to do one's best is, uh, yes, that, 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 that's... Um, uh, that's a noble um, uh, uh, goal, but um, you know it's not always going to be perfect. And um, uh, you know there wouldn't be much joy in living if um, if we are always demanding of ourselves, and especially if we are demanding of others that everything must be done perfectly. I mean that I. I I, I, I couldn't I, I couldn't imagine living with someone where everything had to be perfect. Um, you know, just to chill out a bit, and you know, definitely we need to do our best. But our best is good enough, and and if it isn't, uh, what can we do? We do our best, and and um, uh, and it's it's better that we don't uh, criticize ourselves harshly for any little slip up you know because mm, yeah. a lot of people will be thinking that and that ties in with the next step here the third one Joe whereby people think they'll plan something out in life or on a day or in a job and if it doesn't go the way that they planned well then they'll get very upset or they get very disturbed with this that they, they can't figure out why things aren't going the way it should do in their head yeah and there, there, there's a term often used which is catastrophic thinking it's not just unfortunate. It's not just, um, uh, I wish that had gone the other way, but anyway. No, it's, um, it's terrible. It's a disaster. Um, life isn't worth living. It's awful. And all of that. And you see, I mean, the universe won't run according to what we want. Um, uh, you know, you, you'd hear uh, kids being told, and it's a good thing to tell them, is, um, we, you know, we can't have everything that we want in life. Um, I mean, if you look at the world at the moment between um, the controversies in America, the division that uh, over the presidency there, um, the Brexit carry-on that, um, you know, has us all... Uh, uh, I don't know, are we bored or angry or what are we, or maybe all of the above. Yeah, I but, all of the you above. Know, I mean, um, uh, we can't have it our way. Um, and unfortunately, you see, again, recent events, some people would want it their way or they would resort to uh, maybe violence. And, I mean, nobody wants that because it's the ordinary, hardworking uh, people like um, Laura McKee um, uh, that, that suffer. I mean, there's a young lady who um, was doing a job, um, apparently from what we hear, was uh, extremely good at what she did. Um, a great future ahead. I think she had a book a deal done for two more books with Faber, I think now. And, um, you know, and that's all snuffed out because somebody feels that uh, they don't agree with what's happening. This brings in the external events uh, that you're mentioning here as well because they can lead to changing your life and changing what you have planned in your life first of all but also change your life full stop. Yeah, yeah. And again it comes into kind of line two of that serenity thought. Um, you know, 
um, uh, accept the things I cannot change. Um, I, I mean, the world at the moment, I think, is very, very, very stressful. I suppose, was it always, but we just didn't know much about what was going on in far-off places, whereas now within 20 seconds of something happening in the world, um, uh, we, we get these notifications to the phone, or um, etc. And, um, you know, uh, usually the news is not like that somebody had a great day, it's that somebody had a very bad day. And, um, you know... Uh, these external events, we, we, we need to kind of... I, I suppose, does it sound very individualistic and very kind of self-centred, but I I really think that all we can do is we we got to mind our own corner. Um, you know, we've got to... Um, we got to live from day to day and deal with the problems that we can have some influence on. Um, it mightn't always be going our way. I mean, uh, as you know well, um, our family situation uh, at the moment uh, mm. wouldn't be great. But what we can do is accept things as they are for the moment, do our best to try and make sure that things improve in the future. And to work with what you can and work around it and, and work with the family the way you can to make Absolutely. things as, as pleasant but also as normal as possible for everybody else involved in that situation. Absolutely. And to be optimistic. Exactly. I mean, and that's I a big thing. That, 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 that is a very big thing. We're just running over in time, Joe. So okay. we'll move on to the, the rest of those next week. That There's five more there. We'll, we'll catch with those next week because a lot of people I know are interested in that and yeah. in the thought process for that. For the moment, Joe, thanks for joining us. Joe Heffernan there and our accredited counsellor based in Borobui you can contact him on 029-76617 my thanks to Bernie Murphy who produced we're back again tomorrow morning from 10am with Cork Today a lot of your calls and comments we didn't get to we'll catch them tomorrow morning from 10am even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.